struts like John Wayne, resembles Jim Carrey, and dresses like he's visually impaired. Because he is. Insight. Insight. With Mark Farrell on the Progressive Radio Network. 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 Ah, yes. Great to be with you on this gorgeous Thursday in New York City. It is not the frigid temperature we had on Monday and Tuesday. Man, that was brutal. You know when that wind just feels like daggers and knives and just goes right through you? That's how it was on Monday and Tuesday. Brutal. But today we're going to get up to a high of like uh, 42 or so. And it's funny because my daughter... She made a snowman over the weekend because, you know, last Friday we got pummeled with uh, about eight inches of snow. And the snowman wasn't big to begin with, maybe about, I don't know, 15 inches. But the thing has been whittling down in the you know daylight hours to like, I don't know, maybe like eight inches. But she still manages to go out there every day when she gets home from school and puts the scarf a little lower and a little smaller, a little tighter and gets the eyes in there and a little hat. And it's been put on one of those snow discs. So her her brother did this. So he can put it in the shade when he's around. So it can help preserve the longevity of this small, very small and dwindling snow person. Snow person. See that? And the snow person is called Snowflake. Anyway. Hey, my name is Mark Farrell. Happy Thursday to you. Hope you are having a grand day wherever you are located. Got a pretty decent show. No, actually, it's a show that sucks coming your way. Well, no, of course I'm going to say it's a great show. If I say, if I say it's going to be a show that sucks, are you going to hang around? Maybe you will because you want to see how badly, how badly can Mark Farrell suck up this show? Yeah, well, you know, hey, there is opportunity for everyone, right? <laughs> Including myself. Um, New York City's got a new mayor, Eric Adams. And I'm kind of like... I don't know. This guy's growing on me. I like him so far. He's very real. He's everywhere. He is omnipresent, man. Everything that's been happening so far, good and bad in the city, he's there. And unfortunately, man, I'm sure you probably heard about these devastating and horribly sad fires in the Bronx where 17 people, mostly children, perished. Heartbreaking. Oh, man. Anyway, um, he's there. He's everywhere. And as a matter of fact, he's using that situation as a great opportunity because, of course, so many people lost their lives to educate people on the importance of fire safety. Now, it's not just about the common things, about smoke alarms, all that stuff, but it's about even the small things like your door. I remember when I lived in a city that uh, all my apartment doors automatically closed and they do that. Because when a fire is happening in one particular unit, if a door is open, it has the oxygen and the uh, capability to just blow right through into the hallway, into uh, common areas, etc. So that's why doors should be automatically shut. Um, it's a bummer because sometimes, you know, I would lock myself up and be like, no, no, the door is closing. Uh, but that's the reality of it. Simple things like that. So landlords, everybody needs to be on board uh, because when doors are left open, particularly during a fire, it just gives, it's like gasoline for fire. It just gives it much more breath, life, and opportunity. So I'm glad to see that Eric Adams is turning this into a a, a sensitive time for a PSA because, I mean, we all need 
to learn from this uh, what went wrong. Uh, apparently, it was a space heater, a faulty space heater. But, I mean, that, it's so common. Even my wife uses a space heater. Now, why do I say, like, even my wife? Because, like, it's a bad thing to use a space heater. Well, I, I don't like them, number one, because they suck the heck out of electricity. It's just a vacuum. Um, they big-time draw a lot of power. And, of course, they draw a lot of power. What does that mean? What does that equate to? Yes, a lot of money. It costs a lot of money to use one of those things. As a matter of fact, if you ever feel the, the power cord to a space heater, feel how warm it feels. That just tells you that uh, it's drawing a lot of power right there. So, And also, don't use it with an extension cord. So also lead, read the directions on those things because they're, they're really, really dangerous. Anyway, um, I'm not a fan of those uh, for those particular reasons alone. And so if you get something that maybe is not well made or maybe it's old, maybe it hasn't been stored or treated well, you know, you're much more liable or likely to have a mishap. And it's really, really sad. But Eric Adams, you know, it's funny because he's getting a lot of heat because people are like, oh, now he wants to be lenient on certain crimes. And uh, people are saying like, oh, why is he doing this? Yada, yada, yada. But I don't get it because if you look on his website, these are the platforms that he ran on. Like he said he wanted to do X, Y, and Z. And for, you know, minimal offenses, uh, he didn't want incarceration. Um, and so people are, you know, up in arms about that, but I just don't get it. Where, where were you during the whole election season? Like, did you not listen? Did you not read about him? I mean, this is all the things that he spoke about and touted. So right now, I, I like the guy. He seems very real. Oh, he's a vegan, too. <laughs> I mean, do I care? But, you know, hey, I want a healthy mayor. But he seems very real, very approachable. Um, and he's not, and, and he's been going back and forth with AOC and some other people about like getting the job done. Like, I'm not a tweeter. I'm a doer. I like to meet people. I like to discuss things. I like to work hard. And I like to get accomplished in whatever I, goals I set out to do. Um, so he seems like the salt of the earth type of guy. There is, however, one thing, you know, I heard about, I meant to read up about this, that he did one snafu so far. Apparently, on his security detail, Mm, he hired his brother, who I think is a former cop. Not sure, but anyway, he hired his brother. You can't do that. The optics on that are just not good. So, uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, I think you have to rethink that. I'm surprised he's not smart enough to realize that, or someone didn't say to him, hey, you know, Mr. Adams, I don't think that's going to have the greatest of appearances, that your family member, any family member, However uh, minimal to be on the task of or your uh, payroll uh, as the mayor just doesn't look good. You know, it really doesn't. But, you know, I wish him all the best. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I would think there would be so many choices to become mayor. But it is a really, really hard job. Um, I mean, Bloomberg, Republican man, I was for him. You know, he even stretched the limits and got three terms. Yeah, I was all for it, too. Yes, it was all about money, all about power. He bought his way in, bulldozed his way in. But look at the results of New York City, man. That's it. The city just looks amazing. He did a phenomenal job in the 12 years he was there. And, um, yeah, I know, I'm really happy. The former mayor, um, you know, he was a great orator, great interview. 
but he just didn't get stuff done. Um, he spoke a good uh, tale and wove a good web, and, uh, you know, I don't know, but he just didn't get stuff done. And apparently he was, I don't know, not that nice to people, um, I heard um, when he was in private. So, hey, I'm sure it could be the case because, you know, yeah, if you're in politics, you have to have an ego. There's no doubt about it. Um, hopefully not all self-serving. Uh, hopefully you're doing it for the good of the community. Uh, you're civic-minded, and you want to make that community, that place, a better, thriving place. And, and, of course, with COVID going on, you know, Eric Adams, you know, he's all about not closing the schools. And I get it. it it's a really tough decision. I mean, if you close the schools, think about all the thousands, tens of thousands of kids have nowhere to go who have working parents, dual parents, or single-family parents who have nowhere to place their kid or they have to stop working. So it's a real fine line. And I think right about now they're predicting we're about a week out or possibly we're at the uh, the zenith of the Omicron height. Um, I hope so, man, because, I mean, the hospitals are suffering. Um, I mean... <laughs> So many people, so many people that I know are ill right now or have had it. Uh, I mean, no matter where you go, what you do. Yeah, I've been wearing a mask. Um, I just don't. Hey, I just don't want to get sick. I don't care what the hell it is and what you call it and what you do to prevent it or how it's politicized. I don't want to get sick. I'm kind of a health nut. I work out a lot. Take care of the temple. I don't want to get sick. So I wear a mask. Um, and I'm sure going to get a letter from this anonymous person <laughs> who is such a coward, who, who emails me, I'm sorry, who sends me letters to another radio station that I work at um, anonymously, doesn't put their name, not a, a return address. So if you're listening right now, come on, why are you so cowardish? Why won't you address me by name and address so I can correspond with you? Um, it's very much a cowardly thing that you're doing. This is my opinion. I'm not... Um, asking anyone to do, to get shots, to not get shots. This is my Mark Farrell's perspective. This is the progressive radio network. Opinions are allowed, listener, anonymous listener. So <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, winter blues, man. I, I know a lot of people and reading a lot about this that, you know, January, of course, comes hand in hand with just kind of a bleak season. Yeah. I mean, cold temperatures, we're going to get maybe another dousing of snow on Monday, Martin Luther King Day. Hope you're off. Um, so that coupled with Omicron and, you know, people maybe not being employed, uh, there's a gamut of reasons why the winter can be just depressing because there's just lack of sunlight, lack of outdoor activity, vitamin D, of course. But I urge you, um, because, you know, compounded with uh, the COVID epidemic, pandemic rather, I urge you to just move your body, man. When you move your body, you change your energy. And when you change your energy, you're going to feel better. I mean, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Yeah, you know that, Newton's theory. But uh, it's so very true. When I'm at the radio station, not this one because I'm talking constantly, but in between songs, if I feel a little tired, or I'll go down and do push-ups. I'll do wall squats. I'll do uh, press-ups, whatever I need to do. And I feel like I had an instant cup of coffee. 
I actually don't drink coffee, but I heard it does wonders for you. I can't stand the taste of it. Love the smell of coffee. But that just goes to show you that for me, body movement really, really changes my dynamic, my energy, my perspective. So, you know, to to stave off those January and February blues, um, I, I definitely recommend that. You know, talking to people, I was speaking to someone recently whose husband had a silent stroke, which is, I believe, called what's that? TIA, yeah, TIA. And then the second one was not so silent. And this person did not drive their husband to the emergency room during this incident when they were out in the public. And that's unfathomable. I, I couldn't understand why that happened. But anyway, I said to this person, are you talking to somebody about this? Because they're also having another situation in the family with their daughter. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm speaking to a friend of mine. I said, well, that's great. But number one, I said this to myself, thinking this, that I know she doesn't have a close friend. So number one, uh, that's probably not true. Number two, even if you do have a very close friend, you're not going to tell your closest friend your deepest, darkest secrets, most likely, because I guess our human condition uh, has us, you know, protecting ourselves. It's a protection mechanism where if we open up completely, and yes, hopefully we do it to the people that we love the most, that we have settled, um, not settled with, but, you know, are in this thing called life for the long haul with our spouse or our partner, that yes, we open up entirely to them. But even then, maybe there's something inside that you keep private because if you really do expose that part of yourself, you think, or possibly you think, will they still see me the same way? Maybe they'll love you even more. Maybe they'll have more respect for you. Yeah. So anyway, I was talking to this person about seeing a therapist. And I said, you have a lot on your plate, a lot on your plate. How about, and I said to this person, you know what? I've noticed in the last couple of years that you could be happier. And I, and I said, this is not a criticism. I just know who you are and who you've been. And I realize that you seem like you have a lot going on. So with everything happening now, it's a really good time for you to say, I need to take care of number one. Because you can't take care of yourself. You can, If you can't, sorry, if you want to take care of other people, you can't as well as you can if you don't take care of yourself. Did that make sense? I don't think I said it that, that smoothly. Basically, you need to take care of number one so you can be there to take care of other people. That's the reality. And they're like, oh, no, I talked to this person, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, there's nothing like sitting in a room and completely unearthing your thoughts, your fears, your concerns, things that are going right in your life. Because it takes a neutral perspective to say, you know what? You're really doing good at this. Or what about this part of your life that maybe you haven't paid that much attention to? So there's so many reasons that I'm not even beginning to address right now why therapy is so good. For me, when I lost my brother who died by suicide, that's when I started to go into therapy. Um, and I also had a therapist <clears throat> that was totally wacko. I mean wacko. I reported this person to the New Jersey, sorry, New York licensing board uh, because they were so wacko. What I will tell you 
uh, just to save some time, is that um, I had told this therapist how my brother died by suicide. Uh, he had leapt off the 40-story building where we were living together in New York City. And she actually said to me, I kid you not, she said, did he go splat? And I was paralyzed on the couch or chair. I don't remember which it was. Couldn't believe I was hearing these words. Full body lock. And I'm an outgoing person, confident. Don't let people walk over me. But I didn't get up and leave because I was almost in a trance. It was powerful, man. And there's a few other things that she said that were really unorthodox, totally unethical, and more. So I left there. I called my sister, who is actually a psychologist, and said, Hey, sis, I want to talk to you for a second. I want to tell you what just happened. And, and give me your input on this. And she's like, Whoa, that is far from acceptable. Um, let's pursue this. Do you want to pursue this? Think about it. Let me know. We'll pursue it. Yeah. That was, that was some crazy, crazy shit, boy. Whoa. So anyway, um, but anyway, I've had probably four or five therapists, including that uh, horrible person, and they're all magnificent. All magnificent. Um, so just like in any field, you can have a bad apple, you know, a bad teacher or a bad mechanic, uh, a bad uh, gas station attendant, you name it. Uh, bad spouse. You never know. Um, so give therapy a chance. Because as a matter of fact, right now, online therapy, teletherapy, like telemedicine, which is, of course, part of medicine, mental health, is uh, just exploding, exploding because the amount of people who just need help nowadays is astounding. I'm just really happy that people are reaching out. Um, I do some coaching once in a while for people who need individualized help. Again, I'm not a doctor. But uh, someone I met uh, in a store, actually, this is a proprietor of a store. I was talking to her and she found out my background, a motivational speaker, uh, my varied life experiences, mental health, drugs and alcohol, et cetera, et cetera, anxiety. And she said, do you work with people one-on-one? I said, yes. She said, my son needs some assistance. He's struggling with anxiety, um, a bunch of other issues. So I met with him. Anyway, he's a great kid. Very, very impressed with him. As a matter of fact, I think I mentioned this the other day on my show. Um, but the reality is, when you get to speak with someone, especially when there's a commonality, when you can relate to them and give someone perspective, ideas, exercises, ways to self examine, ways to just get out of the funk. It is like revolutionizing how good it can feel for that person. I know. I've, I've been there. So having therapy, uh, again, after my brother died, having major, major panic attacks and anxiety, man. Whoa. I was just, just perplexed how good <laughs> therapy can be. You know when you leave a gym or a workout? Well, who goes to a gym nowadays? I'll tell you that story in a second. Um but how good you feel, you feel the same way when you, after you leave a therapist's office. Now, this is not the case all the time because there's another person I'm helping who's going through um, depression and battling alcohol. 
So I said to this person uh, who is seeking therapy and in deep therapy that things will get rougher before they get better. And they're like, well, why? Isn't the point just to feel better? I'm like, yes, but you have to get to the source of the problem that's making you drink. Yes, there's a lot of reasons nowadays. Of course, for the last two years, people are drinking just to get through this shitstorm, this ridiculous pandemic that's been plaguing the world. So you have to do what you need to do. Yes, you, nobody wants to turn into an alcoholic, a functioning alcoholic. Nonetheless, you're an alcoholic. So um, my thing is exercise. My thing is the kids, being with the kids. That gives me so much joy and happiness and being with my wife, helping out my mom, my 94-year-old mother. <laughs> Poor thing. She's, uh, she's doing pretty good through this whole mess, but it's definitely taking a toll on senior citizens, no doubt. And um, so you have to do what you have to do. So my point was that you may have to take two steps back before you can take one step forward because you need to examine and get at the root of the problem. Is there ever like one thing that causes you to be miserable? Not typically. Can there be? Absolutely. But I find that, you know, therapy um, is just an amazing source. So going back to the winter blues, compounded by COVID, compounded by two years of this crap um, and the winter and the doldrums and all that jazz. But I will say, though, I have a standing appointment on Wednesdays. Actually, my son does, takes drum lessons. And if I'm around, I, I take him. And uh, last Wednesday, I was around. And so I took him yesterday. And I couldn't believe how much lighter it was. And I'm saying to my son, this isn't me, right? I mean, what, in seven days' time, it's that much lighter? I usually, what is it, like 30 seconds a day, not even? I thought it gets brighter or not. Um, but yeah, so there is, you know, sunlight. On the horizon, literally. So um, think about that. Just do things differently. Mix it up, man. If, you, if you're not feeling good, just mix it up. Try walking. Try running. Try reading a new book. Try a new hobby. Uh, talking to different people. Whatever the case may be, reach out to an old friend. I did that yesterday, actually. I was driving down a turnpike, and a tractor trailer passed me, and I thought about a good buddy of mine named Luke. Luke McCluskey. Good dude. Great dude. And uh, I realized, man, I haven't spoken to him in about maybe 10 months or so. I went to high school with him. So I gave him a call. And, yes, he was backing up his 18-wheeler to drop off a load. And we only talked for like two minutes because we were both busy and he had to go. Uh, but it was just great to touch his soul again very, very quickly. He's just a good dude. And, you know, I, I never see the guy. He's out in Pennsylvania. Um, but it's just great to connect with people. So may maybe try that. Hey, the show is Insights. My name is Mark Farrell. Thank you so much for the Thursday hang. It's about uh, 22 minutes after the hour. Hope you're having a good week so far. Um, the weekend, hopefully you're going to have a three-day weekend. Uh, that would be pretty cool, right? Well, if not, your kids are probably going to have a uh, day off for uh, MLK. Um, you know, before I was talking about Mayor Adams, Eric Adams, and uh, I was also thinking about Al Sharpton, too, because he has a new book called Rise Up. And um, it's pretty interesting because um, he has been a real fixture of New York and for black Americans. And I commend him on this because, you know, years ago, I remember, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, I was like, oh, who is this guy? Is he legit? Blah, blah, blah. He is the real deal, man. 
And I met him once or twice at a radio station I was working for in the city because he would come up to see the news director, Bob Slade, an incredible soul, who's a radio veteran who unfortunately passed about a year and a half ago, uh, maybe more now, two years ago, who worked for KISS FM. Great guy, guy. He and Al were pretty close. So I remember he and Al were talking in the hallway once, and uh, I came over and we started chatting, and he introduced me to Al, and just a, just a good guy. And um, he's got a new book called Rise Up. I think it's called like uh, Confronting a Country uh, at a Time of Crossroads, something like that. Um, sounds very, very good. But he had something very interesting to say. And he uh, alluded to Eric, and alluded to, he called out Eric Adams, um, AOC. Uh, the district attorney of New York is black. And uh, I'm remiss in remembering, I think there's two other people who are black in prominent positions. He's like, well, this is great. This is what we've been working toward. This is what we've been thriving for. Now it's their time. Well, we didn't work this hard just to get you there so you can have it on your resume. No, this is you and your time to change the game to make an impact. It's not because you're there because of the color of your skin. It is great that you are black and in the prominent role that you do hold now. But you have to do more than just hold that position. You need to change and impact people's lives. He didn't say it exactly like that, but that's how I'm interpreting it. Uh, But he did say, you can't just do this for the resume. You have to change dramatically the uh, the role of what you're doing and impacting people. So Al Sharpton, I, w- I want to get him on the show here because I'd love to talk to him about his book called Rise Up. Um, and I, I didn't mean this to be an entirely political show, but uh, Jamie Raskin, you know, he's the uh, Maryland congressman. And uh, man, he, I just, I'm really impressed with this guy. Very impressed with this guy. Number one, the sad story. I think about two weeks before the insurrection, His son died by suicide. And my heart broke for this guy for many reasons. Number one, he's a parent. Number two, he was uncommonly close with his son, who also had a love of the law. Uh, Jamie Raskin is a lawyer. Um, Very, very well read. As a matter of fact, he's got a new book out called, uh, what's it called? Unthinkable. Unthinkable. Um, I'd like to read that as well. Anyway, I'd like to get Jamie on the show. But I was really impressed with this guy because, number one, um, he was unflappable after his son died. And because he knew he had a really important job, uh, I think Pelosi asked him to lead the uh, second impeachment against Trump. And this is all after his son died. I mean, how much strength, courage, stamina, determination can one possess to be able to say, okay, I'll do it. A huge part of my life is gone. He didn't have time to mourn. And then two weeks later, the insurrection. Now he was at um, his office, in his office, literally, with his daughter, who I think was like 22 at the time, and her boyfriend, when the invasion took place, the riots took place. And I think they both were hiding, or maybe all three of them, I'm not sure of the details. 
under his desk, or maybe he stowed them there while he went to help out. Not sure of the details. But here he is, two weeks after his son died by suicide, protecting his other daughter and uh, her, I think, fiancé now, uh, boyfriend at the time. What can have been going through this guy's head? Can't imagine. But every interview I've seen him on, I am just blown away by his ability to concisely state his opinion, uh, state what needs to be done for the country in not a selfish manner, in a a country-serving way. His history, his knowledge is just impressive. Um, you can tell he is there one million percent for the good of the country. Yeah, he's a Democrat, but he's not professing that Democrats are better than Republicans. No, he's like, I'm in a party that has opposing views. But what took place is unacceptable, unacceptable. So he's in charge of the committee of the um, January 6th insurrection, the riots. Um, and I'm sure, you know, after uh, yesterday's news that uh, McCarthy, I <laughs> can't believe this dumbass, said he is not going to testify if uh, if asked to, which I'm sure they're going to ask him, and I'm sure they're going to subpoena. He's going to probably plead the fifth. But this guy is just unbelievable. Um, taking a step back here, but I remember McCarthy was interviewed, I guess it was maybe days after the insurrection, and he was asked, would you comment, would you speak openly in a court or to a panel, et cetera, uh, if this were to come to light about the insurrection, he goes, sure, yes. And they, they keep playing that clip over because he says no now. If you remember, McCarthy went down to see or to kiss the ring, the Trump ring, and Maya Largo, um, I guess it was like within the first month after Biden got sworn in, after Trump left office, he went down there. So, you know, of course, he's uh, still drinking the Trump Kool-Aid. It's just unbelievable how the Republicans won't let go of this ass. Collectively, I don't know why, um, because what's going to happen? Yes, they think they're going to lose their jobs. But collectively, if the Republicans say to Trump, just you're gone, ignore him, and we're just going to continue to do our own thing. Do you think every voting Republican in this country is going to vote you out of office? No, it's impossible. I guess it's not impossible. Highly unlikely that that could be the case. But people are so afraid for their job that they'd rather risk the goodness, the integrity, ethics of this nation, the voting process, than to tell some maniac that he is unhinged, come off the rails, uh, warped, incredibly wrong, manipulative, disrespectful, a racist, a bigot, misogynist, you name it. Nope. They'll just go along with it. Now that is a lesson we all need to teach our kids. Oh, my kids know it. <laughs> yeah. And I I tell them, listen, your opinions may vary from mine when you get older. And that's fine. I embrace that. 
I don't want you to think like me and like your mother. I want you to think for yourself. You can hear my opinions, hear your mom's opinions, read the news, uh, interpret the news, do as you wish. But you need to form your own opinions. Because who are we in life if we can't be individuals and exercise our inalienable right to be a voter, to run for Congress, to be the president, to hold a top executive job where you treat people fairly, where you're not an ableist. <laughs> it's funny because my kids are, everything's like an ist nowadays. Oh, dad, you're a colorist. Oh, dad, because we just make fun of, oh, dad, you can't be racist. Oh, you can't be a colorist because you didn't like the color red or green. So we have this big uh, running joke in my family about, oh, you're an ist. Oh, you're a foodist, dad, because you don't like shrimp, <laughs> whatever the case may be. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm laughing so hard I'm starting to cough. Uh, anyway, so Jamie Raskin. Um, if you haven't seen much about him, uh, I definitely ask you to uh, Google him and read up on him. His book is unthinkable. I want to get him on the show as well, as well as Al Sharpton. As a matter of fact, Al Sharpton on the program with Jamie Raskin would be a phenomenal program. I will get on a, hey, Mark, make sure you reach out. Oh, that's me. Okay, note to myself that I need to, because yeah, I don't have a producer. No, I'm not like Gary Nell and all the other, yeah high-ranking host here. No, I'm just a lowly guy who has a show called Insight on the Progressive Radio Network and does everything uh, like, you know, research, <laughs> prepare for the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how it is. Write up the show summary. Yeah, you know how it is. You do everything yourself. Because in life, uh, most things I do in life, I do myself because I want them to, done the right way because I'm kind of a perfectionist that way. Yes, the show is Insight on the Progressive Radio Network. My name is Mark Farrow. Hey, love to hear from you. Email usually is the best. Mark at MarkFarrellMotivation.com. Mark at MarkFarrellMotivation.com. And Farrell's F as in Frank, A-R-R-E-L-L. And if you put in the subject line, P-R-N, and then whatever else you'd like to discuss, um, I can see it right away. P-R-N will pop out. Mark at MarkFarrellMotivation.com. Com. So anyway, I hope the year is going so well, so far so well for you. Um, I did something pretty cool, which I did uh, last December, or I did it in December 21, and also did it in December 20. The uh, town of Freehold, um, New Jersey, hired me, the mayor, because he heard about the, um, I call it mobile music and positivity, where I decided, I guess it was the spring March of 2020 that I felt so bad for my mother and all the other isolating senior citizens where she lived that I equipped my SUV with high-end audio gear on the roof, giant speakers. Uh, I created a platform and secured it down there. Uh, it wasn't easy and it's not easy getting those speakers up top. And then in the inside of my vehicle, all the seats are down. I have all my PA gear, mixer, amplifiers, all my cabling, and I have a generator pointing out the back, uh, the back glass hatch, not the entire hatch, just the glass portion opens up. And I have it mounted up there, strapped down, so the gas generator allows me to be portable, literally driving around playing music. And my microphone is up front where I drive. So I was doing that at senior citizen homes, and it was a huge success. People were calling me like crazy because I did it for my mother's place. 
Um, and they just loved it. So they would come out on the balconies, slide open the curtains and smiles and dance. And I would get out with my wireless microphone and sing and dance and just give people positivity. And they would smile and radiate. And it was a blast. And so that got uh, in the wind and other places were calling me up. And, you know, to a point where I had to say no to places. Hospitals started calling me up. And then the town of Friel called me up. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, we can do the same thing. So what happened was I did it in, uh, again, uh, winter of uh, December of 2020 and also did it last month where I started out in the center of town in Freehold. It's a really big intersection, a three-way intersection, so three different lights. And um, there's a huge tree behind me. It's kind of like Main Street USA type of thing where – huge Christmas tree and flagpoles and the mayor and council members. Uh, mayor Kevin Kane was there um, and the council members. It was a lot of fun. And I played music. The truck, I uh, drove it up on the curb. And, and the funniest part is I, I tell my wife, it's like, you know, when I do this, it's like I have carte blanche. It's like my town. I just go anywhere. And, you know, she's like, well, you have to obey traffic rules. I'm like, well, I, I, I kind of don't. <laughs> I kind of just do my own thing. Like, like he didn't say like, drive up on the center of the Hall of Records, but I just did. And everyone's like, oh, well, okay, yeah. And so that's what I do. I just drive, you know, I summited the curb and went up there and hung out by the flagpoles and turned my music way up. And I hear I have my wireless microphone. I'm in the middle of the intersection. And I'd be saying to one section of the town going like, all right, let's have a beep off. Let me hear you beep. Let me hear how happy you are for the holidays. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Feliz Navidad. And they would go crazy beeping and uh, blinking their lights. And then I'd have another section of town do that, competing with another section of the town. And every two or three minutes, I'd have a new audience. So that was really, really a cool aspect of it, that I would be able to generate this energy in town. No matter how people felt, no matter what their religious background is, belief system, whatever, people want to feel good. People want to have a good time, beep their horns, blink their lights, roll down the windows, yell, scream, shout. The kids are waving their hands. Old people are taking pictures of me. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal in 2020. It was phenomenal. I'm sorry, uh, in 21 and 22. Uh, sorry, in 20 and 21. <laughs> I'll make that. I'm jumping the gun here. 22. Hopefully, I mean, I'd love to do it again. Uh, this year, but hopefully we don't have to do it or we do it just because of the season, not because we're in the thick of some crap again. But anyway, it was just a, a great reminder. Uh, number one, I, I know I love what I do uh, because I love impacting lives positively to be able to make people smile. People were posting things on social media like crazy. Who was that guy? Oh, my God. It's worth a drive into the town of Friel to see this guy do his thing. I remember somebody wrote that and that kind of made my day. And then after that, I jump in a car and I drive, I traverse different sections of the town playing music, saying hello, Merry Christmas, all that jazz. And then I come back through town, snake through town again and do it again, park and just go crazy. <laughs> you know, when I think about it and talk about it, it sounds kind of really, I don't know, wild that I've, I've pulled this off. But, you know, out of necessity comes a great concept. Something like that. There, there's a line that goes something along those lines. But, you know, I, I, I realized that I wanted to do something. And so that's the second thing I did. The first thing I did, I remember, was I was making uh, PSAs, public service announcements, because I was really in the thick of it in uh, March 2020 when people were just dying by the hundreds. Um, I was like, man, this is just depressing. What can I do to make people feel better? So I was taking 
Governor Cuomo, former Governor Cuomo's audio from press conferences, because he was really good at making people, people, people feel better and stronger and more optimistic about the future. I would take that audio and cut it up and put it to some really good music. And uh, I'd make these great promos. I sent it out to different stations that aired here on PRN, aired here on like in New York City, about five or seven different FM and AM stations. And I remember sending it to people. People were like, well, why are you sending this? And I said, listen, I'm a broadcaster. It's not about who I work for, who I represent. It's about serving our listening audience. We have a responsibility as a broadcaster to make our listeners, regardless of who they are, we're competitors, no, not today and not tomorrow, not till we get through this crap, to make them feel better. So I made a series of, I think, five or six PSAs, and they're really good. And they would tag them, meaning like they would say, brought to you by um, ESPN Radio, brought to you by Z100, brought to you by blah, blah, blah. And um, so I was really happy about that. And the other thing I did was, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. My phone's ringing. I thought I uh, put it on airplane mode. <laughs> I got distracted. But that was really neat. Uh, I really enjoyed doing that. Um, as a matter of fact, I made some with um, Governor Murphy that just didn't really have the same zing because uh, Murphy doesn't have the same pizzazz or spunk. Uh, well, then Spunk, I guess, has gotten uh, a Cuomo in trouble. What a terrible year, man, for the Cuomo brothers. Man, Mario Cuomo, the father, must be turning in his grave, man. Oh, my God. I interviewed Matilda Cuomo years ago, the mother, and she was a saint. I don't remember why I interviewed her. Um, I guess she had a book out. I don't remember. But she was, she was a darling. As a matter of fact, I want to get the former... Governor, oh, I just forgot his name. Black New York governor. Oh, anyway, I got to have him on the show. He wrote a book not that long ago. And um, <clears throat> he's a good guy. I'd like to get him on the show. Hey, it's Insight on the Progressive Radio Network. My name is Mark Farrell. Thanks so much for that Thursday hang. Hope you're having a good day. What part of the world are you in? I would love to hear from someone in Europe, someone in Scandinavia, someone in Japan, Hawaii, wherever you are, shoot me an email and tell me how far you are from New York City because I'd love to be able to say hello to you. Mark at MarkFarrellMotivation.com. Mark at MarkFarrellMotivation.com. How is gas prices by you? I filled up my car oh, in the last month or so, month and a half. I paid as much as nearly $80. $80. Now, I drive a what they term is a midsize SUV. So it's not a huge gas guzzler. It's a six-cylinder, um, but it operates on the, um, I forget the technology, but it goes from six to four. And I drive it, you know, modestly in terms of, I don't drive it aggressively because I'm cognizant of, you know, gas consumption and, of course, the environment. But almost $80, man. I'm like, mm. that was a swallow sound effect. <laughs> um, just unfathomable food prices exorbitant man are they impacting your life i remember i got my credit card bill the other day i was like oh my god 75 dollars 68 dollars 59 dollars 74 dollars for gas food again it's just crazy so i hope you're hanging in there i hope your job situation and uh financial situation is solvent 
Uh, if not, hang in there. Things will change. Um, I started talking to you a while back ago about a project that I took on solely to <laughs> improve my mother-in-law's life. My mother-in-law lived about an hour and a half, about an hour away from me, up in North Jersey, outside the city. And my wife and I convinced her, well, we not convinced her, we asked her, listen, um, you need to either move by your other daughter, which is out in Pennsylvania, or by us, but you can't live in the middle. She's like, I want to live in the middle. I don't want to upset anybody. I'm like, it doesn't serve anyone well if you live in the middle. Uh, because if you need attention, medical attention, et cetera, you need to be by one of your children. So anyway, she lived here, or she bought a place here about a year ago. <clears throat> and for her husband's health reasons, et cetera, they didn't move in. And so that gave me time to uh, do a lot of work. Of course, I didn't start the work until three months out, until she was going to move in. So I, I kind of took on a lofty task. I decided to put down entire new flooring throughout the whole place. And the whole place is about... It's sub-1,500 feet, so 1,470 feet or so. So, it's you know, it's a two-bedroom place, but, you know, to put down a flooring all by yourself was a big task. And I redid the kitchen to get all the cabinets. I knocked down a wall that was dividing a—that was a former outdoor space that they uh, made into an indoor interior room. But the problem there was that the flooring— the concrete they poured was a half an inch lower than the rest of the house. So I had to rent a big machine that took almost two people to use. That You know you're in trouble when you bring a machine into your house and you have to hook a hose up to it. And there's dust flying everywhere. Anyway, so I, I want to tell you this story because I took on a gargantuan project. It didn't have to be this big. I made it this big. Um, I wanted to give her a home that's safe and beautiful. She's never had a home that's uh, modern. Her, unfortunately, they didn't keep up with their former home. So it was in disrepair and just not healthy and just not a convivial environment um, for her grandchildren and, more importantly, for her. So I spent two and a half months uh, working my ass off. Every Basically, every second I had when I wasn't working at PRN at the other radio station where I work, and not giving talks, I would be there. Oh, by the way, I was coaching two soccer teams as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there would be days I'd be there till 9, 10, 11, sometimes midnight. I'd be like, I, I got to get the hell out of here and start over the next day if I schedule permitted. But it was a hell of a lot of work. Uh, taking down that wall really opened up this, this one room and made it into two rooms into one room. The sun pours in. I was able to learn uh, different parts of carpentry that I hadn't explored before. I was working in sealing, um, tying in joists together, um, cabinets that were sitting on the floor, the base cabinets they're called, weren't sitting well because the walls were off. So I was flipping over cabinets with belt sanders and uh, leveling them off uh, to make them contour the flooring. Um, I had granite countertops installed. I had an electrician come in and put hi-hats all over the place. I gutted the master bathroom. Even just a gut job, I think, took me half a day. It was not a big bathroom. But the way this tub system was like a surround tub system that you see advertised on TV. Like, oh, we'll come in in one day. We'll build this beautiful, seamless tub for you. Well, it's a bitch to get out, let me tell you. Removing that um, and all the work, the door, I hung two, four, six doors, new doors. Instead of sliding doors in a closet, I made doors that can pull open. The flooring, you know, 
countless hours on my knees, countless hours. As a matter of fact, I would come home, my wife would be like, what's that smell? I'd be like, yeah, what is it? I'm like, oh, I know what it is. It's my knees because I spent, you know, so many hours on my knees that day, whether I'm wearing shorts or jeans, you know, your knees sweat when you're wearing, you know, pads on them. So after, you know, days and weeks of wearing these things, they would stink. I actually ended up buying a new pair because I, was, I couldn't stand the smell myself. Anyway, I want to tell you this because I took on a lofty task. I did this for someone else. Yes, it is, does it make me feel good? Hell yeah. The fulfillment I get out of making someone else happy, and more importantly, with my hands, how gratifying that is. Oh, man, there's nothing like it. I had painters come in. They painted the whole place. It looks phenomenal. The bathroom that I created, I had someone tile it. I gutted it. I put the vanity in. I uh, put the counter down. Um, I, I did all that work, grunt work. A lot of it was just grunt work, back-breaking grunt work. A lot of it was kind of, uh, you had to be creative, how I had to do things, how to, how to make two different uh, ceiling, sheetrock ceiling levels tie in together, how I would uh, do, magically make this happen up in the attic, crawling on my hands and knees with nails just inches above my head that are piercing the, the roof that I had to work under with a headlamp, visually impaired, visually impaired using a magnifier, wearing magnification glasses and a spotlight that was on my head to make a cut, one single cut. So it was, uh, I talked about this in an earlier show. I don't want to repeat myself, but it was daunting. There were times I'd sit down and go like, what the hell am I getting myself into? I bit off way more than I can chew. But look what I'm doing. Man, look at this place. I remember walking around going at the end of the night, I'd, you know, assess the job and be like, oh my God, this place looks great. I walk in there now. Of course, she moved in um, the first week of November. And it's just phenomenal. And in life, when you're trying something new, something that seems insurmountable or just difficult, just know that there's always somebody there to help you. And this person is Bob Foreman to me, my cousin. He's a farmer, a steel worker, and everything else. A mentor. He's the person who's, you know, you hear the jack-of-all-trades expression. He is a master of all trades. The guy, I think, is a genius. Um, he, is he well off? Yes, he's well off. A humble guy wearing his Levi's, driving his truck, and saving his money. And he's got a lot of it. But that doesn't matter. The important thing is that he works hard, appreciates people who work hard, and likes to help out people in need. And he helps me out because that's what we do. We're family. I believe family should help out family. And that's his mantra. I learned that from him. When my mother was recently divorced uh, from my father, I'd say about two years after she moved into a ranch house that was entirely way too small for us, my cousin Bob, this is 30 years ago maybe? Yeah, 30 years ago, came over with a crew of guys and with a ranch house made it a two-story house by nightfall that day. Started in the dark at 6 a.m. And by, I'd say, sunset, they were tarring the roof. Yes, he and a crew of guys built an entire dormer on a room. I'd say the room was probably 23 feet by 15. 
for my two sisters to share. So we had a single uh, floor house, a ranch house, that became a two-story house in one day because of this guy. He proved to me back then, when I was in seventh grade-ish or so, that that this could be done in one day. No, it was an example. He, he didn't say, hey, Mark, I bet you I could. No. He just showed me and showed everybody what hard work, what community, what people can accomplish when you work together. It's pretty amazing stuff. Anyway, so yeah, my mother-in-law has a beautiful new home. She is just so prideful, so happy. I walk in there, she just shines. She's standing over her counter and she's drinking your tea with these beautiful lights and these cabinets and these counters and these floorings that just radiate. And it, it just fills my heart um, and it sings. And my wife is just over the moon. My wife worked her butt off in different aspects. But when I needed her, she was there with me, you know, getting her... Uh, rolling her sleeves up and getting her hands dirty. And um, I, I thank those people. But I encourage you that um, whatever it is in life, whether it's a renovation, um, there's so many ways to learn online, uh, to read up on things, or it's just a new job relationship, whatever the case may be. Try it, man. Change is good for you. As a matter of fact, I am going to gut my kid's bathroom and start on that project as soon as I can pick out a, a vanity. So I got my next job. I'm always working with my hands because to me, that's an art form. To me, that's therapy. It's release. It's creativity. And I get lost in that. And I love that. Yes, you squandered another hour of your life with me. And I thank you for that. I greatly appreciate you for that. Again, it's Mark and MarkFarrowMotivation.com. Mark at MarkFarrowMotivation.com. Shoot me an email. Say hello. Let me know what's on your mind. Tell me what corner of the world you are listening to Insight from. Gary Knowles next. He's the founder of this incredible network we love to call the Progressive Radio Network. Special thanks to Jesse, the program director here at PRN, and more importantly to you for listening to our opinions, our ideas, our concepts, our mistakes, everything that we spew. Hey, we're not perfect. We're just radio hosts who love to communicate and touch lives of other people. My name is Mark Farrell. Have a great day. Insight with Mark Farrell. Check out this and all Insight shows on the Insight page at prn.fm. prn.fm. Have Mark speak at your company, your kid's school or college. Mark speaks on critical topics that affect kids and adults everywhere, from anti-bullying, mental health, drugs and alcohol, to overcoming adversity. Visit markfarrellmotivation.com for more info. Insight, Thursday mornings at 11 on the Progressive Radio Network. Network.